When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Siftpop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks. Which TV will they bend the knee to this year? And will they be able to get back up? It's Siftpop. We did it. You know, speaking of pop, if I get back up after bending the knee, you're going to hear a lot of popping. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've told you this before. I have the knees of a 60-year-old man who has yes. the knees of a 90-year-old man. I am with you in that. Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Mixler every Friday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Woo. I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com. I'm joined by Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Ahoy! And each week we're usually joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds but today welcome to the 2017 sif pop tv awards <laughs> swell the music cue uh, the announcer ba, 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 ba. uh i'm excited for this uh i've been looking forward to talking television we like to split the year up in september so basically our tv year as i think runs with the emmys and some others goes from september 1st one year to september 1st the next year technically we're recording this uh, like a week before September 1st, but I think, you know, I don't know that anything's going to happen in this next week, aside from the Game of Thrones finale, yeah. but I think we already know how we feel about Game of Thrones, so I don't think we need to know that to uh, know for sure uh, how to rank that, but we're going to have some fun. We're going to rank our top TV, uh, top 10 TV shows of the year. Uh, we're also going to do our top five performances of the year, and we don't distinguish gender. Uh, that's, you know, male or female. We're going to put them all together. I feel like that's the way it should be in the award shows, too. I don't even know why they split genders anymore. It adds an extra 30 minutes to the uh, <laughs> the award ceremonies. I was told by somebody, because I'm actually in one of, uh, you know, these awards guilds, you know, the Critics' Choice Awards. And I suggested to somebody that we should lead the way and do a best performance category. You could still do best actor and best actress, but do a best performance category because it's not only um, going to continue to be seen more and more as sexist, but it's also going to continue to be uh, more and more difficult with even some of the performances. We had a performance uh, going forwards a year ago uh, from somebody who was transgendered, and the you know the body of the people in the awards were trying to decide you know where do you put that best male, best female, you know birth gender or you know a gender that they associate with yeah. uh and i think we we decided i think appropriately for where we where we are gender that they associate with yeah and but it just becomes it, it brings you back to that question why you know why even split it up yeah. and uh and so here on sif pop we're not splitting it up we're just doing best performances nope not doing it uh and then we'll also do some fun stuff like overrated underrated that kind of stuff um before we get there and we will do a um Buried Treasure at the end as well, so yes. we'll, we'll have one of those. And we'll start it off with some Do We Care, Andrew. Every single week I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world, and I pick three topics for us to discuss, and we must decide whether or not we care about them or not. We have two Do We Cares this week and one We Care Deeply, which really saddens me. Well, let's start the, there. Yeah. 
as the world lose? loses Jerry Lewis at oh, the age of yeah. 91. Yeah, no, that's I'm with you on that one. I uh, My grandma raised me on TCM, Turner Classic Movies, mm-hmm. so I always watch like The Bell Boy yes, and all those movies. So good. Yeah, uh, he was... Now, it's, it's its own style of comedy. You know, you, yes. you have to kind of be in that zone. Yeah. I can see somebody watching it and going, this is ridiculous. But Jerry Lewis was so smart. And it's just the, what he did. I just, you know, there's been few like it. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Colgate Comedy Hour as well that he did. Okay. I'm trying to think. of I think the Bellboy is the big one that a lot of people can associate Nutty him professor. with. The Nutty Professor is another mm-hmm. yeah. really big one. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, if you're introduced to that style of comedy at a younger age you're more open to it like three stooges bowery boys uh laurel and hardy uh abbott costello i love some of that stuff man yeah see that's what i was raised on i wasn't raised on like 90s cartoons really i was raised on those classic movies marx brothers is another huge one you know so uh he definitely falls into the echelon of greatest comedic minds of all time. Yeah. And losing him is heartbreaking. Yeah. No, that's that's a rough one. And, I mean, he lived a long life, and he did a lot of things. And, you, you know, we haven't even really mentioned the work he, you know, did for charity. Oh, That yes. became such a huge part, especially of his later life. Um, I actually, when I was doing my top five on uh, this last Sunday... I ranked my top five Jerry Lewis movies. And I did. I had The Bellboy, number one. Nutty Professor, number two. And then did you see The Errand Boy... The Disorderly Orderly disorderly is one of, orderly is one of my love. favorites, and The Ladies' Man was my number five. I don't so. think I ever saw Ladies' Man, but I, Disorderly Orderly is so good. <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's a lot of great stuff there if you, you know, want us. I'm not sure where you would look it up, where you would find it, um, but, you know, oh yeah, please. it's 2017. I'm find, sure you'll find a way. <laughs> find his body of work. I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, that's true. Well, Danae, what, I am alive. Danae in the chat. Hey. All right, what do we got for Do the, We Cares now? The Do We Cares. Warner Brothers and Martin Scorsese will be producing a Joker origin film. I wondered if we would talk about this. It will not star Jared Leto as right. the Joker, but Jared Leto will return as the Joker in the Harley Quinn movie. Can you just, what are they doing I over don't know, there? I don't know what, what DCU... Like, what, what is going on at Warner Brothers? It's, I'm so confused. It's so dumb. It's like, how do you... Take all this goodwill you've got with Wonder Woman and then just announce 30 different movies, two Joker movies with two different Jokers, and I'm I'm just... Also, um, uh, Batman, they they did say that the Batman is going to be a part of the DCU. Well, at first they said it wasn't. Yeah, and then then they they said it was. It's like they have this massive shovel with... It's made out of the Superman logo, and they just keep digging this DCEU pit that they can't get themselves out of. Uh, Superman is dead in the DC Universe right now. Uh, um, he uh, is. He is dead in the DC Universe right now. Okay. <laughs> and that's, that's Sure thing. Here. Maybe Warner Brothers just wants to be with him underground, and they're mm-hmm. thinking if he comes back to life, they can too. So The DCEU died with Superman. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing, but... I am always of the opinion, I'll wait and see when the movies come out, and I'll tell you what I think about the movies. But it does seem very weird to me that you've got two Joker movies in development with two different Jokers about two different things. I'm just... Now, I do want to talk about the origin film for the Joker, and not particularly that it deals with the whole Jared Little. I don't want to talk about that part. What I do want to talk about is the Martin Scorsese element of it. Sure. Now, I don't want people to get confused whenever they see Martin Scorsese in it. 
It's not that he's directing, because he might be, but right now he's producing. Okay. And for people who don't know, a producer throws money at a movie. And ideas. And ideas, but mainly they're the funding for a movie. And they do Can have be. they do have an yeah. input. Yeah. But I don't want people to confuse a producer with a director. Well, and sometimes on the other end of that, they don't throw any money or ideas. They just are given a title. Producer is one of those titles where you can just be granted a producer title and almost do nothing sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's almost a, a status mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it just depends on who the producer is and, you know, how, you know, what they produce. Exactly. So. Um, there was a comic book series, or it was a graphic novel, I should say, called The Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. Very famous Batman. Um, I've heard of it. And uh, it's it's all about the Joker. And it does have an origin story for the Joker in it. Uh, I'd be interested to see if they went that element and they just cut it. Because it keeps, in the graphic novel, it keeps going back and forth between who he was before he was the Joker and then going to the present day with him fighting Batman. Right. And uh, it keeps going back and forth. I'd be interested to see if they were to only focus on the quote-unquote, because he doesn't, the Joker in the DC universe, the comic universe, does not have a true origin story. There's no canon origin for him. Yeah, yeah, I've I've never seen any kind of origin story stuff. A lot of people will look at the killing joke and say, that's the one we want to be, but I don't think DC has ever come out and said, fine, that's what it is. There's been a lot of people who've, uh, who've written comic books mm-hmm. and said this is the one we're going off of for going into the future but uh, it's never been said canon yeah so i'd be interested i'm actually very interested in this because he I, is my favorite villain in comic books i'm no more interested in it than i am in any of the other bunches of movies they've announced um <laughs> I, again my it is always my take i am always wait and see uh i'll sit down in the chair i'll watch the movie and then i'll make up my mind so yeah i guess we'll see that. how it goes all right, what's, what, uh, what's the other one? Uh, I'm excited for this one. Quentin Tarantino has announced his ninth film that he will be writing and directing. Don't know if you've heard about this or not. Uh, the film will be his first true story he has ever done about the Manson family murders. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I am not a huge Tarantino guy. Okay. I love that he has his own style, um, and I think he's... He's a very interesting guy, and a few of his movies have a kinetic energy that I connect to, yeah. but uh, I don't connect to his worldview the way he sees you know, uh, chaos in film, mm-hmm. and so I don't enjoy his films as much as some people do. But, okay. Um, He's very extreme in his movies. Uh, he doesn't... Subtlety is not a word you would uh, associate with Quentin Tarantino. No, 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 no. That's why this could be interesting to me. Yeah. Um, also, this is his penultimate film. I don't know if you know that. He said a long time ago he's only making 10 films. Yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> so this is his Steven ninth. Soderbergh said he was retiring too. So. He made it a year. He made it a year. <laughs> I just, I, artists don't retire. Like, it's just, it's so hard for, I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis has gone into retirement. I mean, he's in retirement now. Yeah, he has one more movie coming out. Well, but he's done, he's wrapped on that movie. Yeah, yeah. Ex- I just wanted to clarify for yeah. people. But yeah, I, I hope he doesn't stay retired because- Greatest actor of all time. <laughs> yeah, no um, kidding. But That's yeah, interesting. I think that I'd be excited to see Tarantino try and make a film, not try and make a film we weren't expecting from him. Yeah. And with it being a true story, I don't know if he will try and 
I don't know if restrain is the right word to say here, but I think you know what I'm saying. Yeah. With as well, loud a, as his movies are. So what's the, is Hateful Eight the last one that, that he, he put did. out? Yeah. Okay. So when I saw Hateful Eight, it, it reminded me of a lot of Tarantino stuff where there's this giddiness in the chaos and violence and like there's this real like this excitement of blood and violence and those and i just don't connect to that like i don't get giddy about that kind of stuff it's it's almost strange to me okay and so i wonder if pulling that back and doing more of a true story now granted if it's the manson murders there's going to be violence but i wonder how he'll approach that Mm -hmm. um in a way, and again, let me let me restate. It's not necessarily the violence, quote unquote, offends me. I don't necessarily get offended. Yeah, uh, it's more that there's this giddiness to it that I don't connect to. Yeah. So also, I don't think with the Manson family murders, it would be appropriate for it to be that, to have that same that attitude. That, exactly. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. This could be interesting. So, but I, it, uh, as people in the chat have said, if it deals with Tarantino, they're already on board. And yeah. As, there are a lot of people. That, I, I really do love Tarantino. Not all of his movies. Like I've said before on the podcast, I don't care for the Kill Bill movies. Mm-hmm. But like Reservoir Dogs it's funny because those Pulp are, Fiction. The Kill Bill movies are at the, actually at the top of the list for me as ones I actually kind of enjoyed. Really? That's that's funny. Um, but that's going to wrap it up for Do We Care? I also love me some Tarantino pizza rolls. Those are oh, great. Yeah, you know, Tar- throw those in the micro- microwave. and The problem with Tarantino pizza rolls, though, <laughs> is that they're always boiling on the outside just, and they're just, frozen on the inside. That's just anything stuffed with pizza in general. Yes, yeah, frozen. Hot, hot pockets, pockets. Everything. You're just going to burn your tongue. It's yeah. just a given. Uh, maybe we should talk about this as kind of a little mini sef- sift quest. Okay. Because I wondered if you'd bring it up, and somebody did uh, tweet at us wondering if we would talk about it. But James Cameron... Uh, coming oh, out and saying sorry, that, yeah. that Wonder Woman was a step backwards for female icons in cinema. I wondered what your thought on that was. So we we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but maybe we can you know just kind of have this in place of a Sif quest later. Um, obviously, I'm not a woman, so I can't truly right, speak. Up, sure, but coming from a male perspective, I thought that Wonder Woman was fascinating, and I I feel that it potentially had the effect of being a step forward for women. Uh, I know we have some uh, female uh, listeners right now. If you wouldn't mind chiming in in the chat, what you did thought you see, as well. Did you see Patty Jenkins' response? No, I did not. It was a great response. And actually, when she responded, it summed up everything that I was feeling. Oh, yeah. And so I loved it. Basically, it said, I can try to look it up and maybe maybe read exactly what she said. Um, I'm on her Twitter now, but um, there it is. Uh, here's Here's what she said. James Cameron's inability to understand what Wonder Woman is or stands for to women all over the world is unsurprising uh, is unsurprising as, though he is a great filmmaker, he is not a woman. Strong women are great. His praise of my film Monster and our portrayal of a strong yet damaged woman, woman was so appreciated. But if women have to always be hard, tough, and troubled to be strong, and we aren't free to be multidimensional or celebrate an icon of women everywhere because she is attractive and loving then we haven't come very far, have we? I believe women can and should be everything just like male lead characters should be. There is no right and wrong kind of powerful woman. And the massive female audience who made the film a hit it is can surely choose and judge their own icons of progress. I thought that was perfect. Those are exactly my thoughts. Um, I found it interesting because if you look at Cameron's body of work he is known for having strong female leads his version of strong female leads I want, that's what i was going to get to yeah. is that she was absolutely right whenever she said that they don't have to be hard and gristled and mm-hmm. that 
you can be feminine and strong. But if you look at, I know he didn't come up with Ripley. Right. Uh, but, you know, he directed Aliens. Um, if you look at Sarah Connor, you know, they're mm-hmm. hard, chiseled women. Mm-hmm. They're still beautiful, but they, they're they different than Wonder Woman. They're and different I, than Diana. I actually talked about this when we did our Wonder Woman review. I actually brought this up about there's something, and, I, and this this goes for Ray as well. Ray is a lot like this yeah. to me as well. It's it's a different type of strong woman that I don't think we've seen a lot of in cinema recently because there's been a ten, tendency away from that to to go towards this other idea of what it means to be a strong woman, which in some ways almost is becoming more like what a strong man is. Uh, and so I love it when there's a woman, uh, you know, with empathy and grace and, you know, beauty and, you know, kind of those those things just to see that version of what a strong woman is, because to be honest, that is the version of strong women I see in my world. Like, you know, when I think about my mom or I think about, you know, other strong women in my life, my wife, you know, whatever, that's the kind of strong women they are. You know, they're not going to go do, you know, pull ups and pull an Uzi out and take somebody. You know what I mean? But they, their love and their empathy and their beauty is so powerful to me. And so I love seeing icons like that on the screen. I don't think it's a step backwards. I think it, it brings a more rounded idea of, of that. But again, you're right. Neither of us are women. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's not an necessary. outside looking in perspective sure. for us. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I th- I thought that was good to talk no, about a little bit. I'm glad we did talk about that. I wish I would have thought to have put that in my list. You ready to talk some TV? Let's do it, man. All right, we are going to do the 2017 Sif Pop Television Awards. Uh, we are going to go with some um, kind of some random categories first, and then we'll get into the big awards later in the show. Let's start off first with best new show so best new show of 2017 again i will restate this is any show that debuted between september of 2016 and september of 2017 so um andrew i'm going to let you go first and do your pick and then i've got some quote-unquote nominees okay and i'll do my pick from those the best new show on television for me is westworld that's a good choice that Uh, was one of my nominees for sure uh it was a Close tie between uh, that and another show, which mm-hmm. is possibly on your list of nominees. But uh, I found the the world building in that show, I'm always a fan of world building. That's why I love Game of Thrones. That's why I love all those shows is because whenever the world becomes a character, it's so much more easy for the audience to immerse themselves into the show. Yeah. And uh, the characters are all fascinating. The performances are phenomenal. And it's a show that really is psychedelic and mind-bending where you don't know who's real and who's not. And those reveals are always fascinating. And the cliffhanger leading into season two is like, oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Um, I'm with you on Westworld. Not not everybody is. There are some people who, who really don't like what Westworld did. Um, I am not one of them. I am with you on that. In fact, it was my number two. It battled with my number one okay. uh, back and forth. Uh, in fact, they're, they're, well, I won't even say that. I won't even give that away because that's later in the show. But I will say this. My final number one came from these nominees. You ready for the nominees? Okay. Atlanta, Big Little Lies, Crashing, the Pete Holmes uh, show, uh, Dear White People from Netflix, uh, brand new this year, Sneaky Pete, which I really enjoyed, The Good Place, This Is Us, and Westworld. Those okay. are the those are the nominees that I had for best new show. 
How incredible is it that all those shows started within the last year? That's insane. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Uh, the one that was, it was in your nominees list. I'm curious to be if it'll be your number one. Um, uh, this is us was the one that was right there with me. Was that the one battling with you? Yeah, that is not the one that was battling with me with okay. with Westworld. I also should mention Stranger Things just missed the cut. Like that was, was some last summer. Yeah. So you know you add that to the mix. I mean it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, that would have been it. By the way, that I would have been Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I went with Atlanta, though. I had a um, feeling, yeah, Atlanta. Man, is that show incredible. Uh, I was so impressed. It's one of those shows when it happens, you're like, I did not see this coming. Yeah. Um, I knew Donald Glover was talented. Obviously, he's multi-talented in a lot of different ways. I just didn't know he had this in him. Like, it is hilarious and deep and yeah. nuanced and invites you into, and I'm speaking as a you know a white guy, invites you into a, a world that you don't get to experience. I feel like I, I understood so much more of um, you know that perspective uh, from people of color, and it's just it was one of those things that uh, really caught me off guard, and I really enjoyed. So uh, Atlanta would probably would have to be my number one new show. I totally get it. It's so good, so good. Any of those others you agree with in my nominees that you really enjoyed? Um, Did you watch The Good Place? Yeah, I'd like the good place. Uh, I'm interested to see what they would do with season two as to where they left off. You know, yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm curious now. I found it. Um, I'm, please help me with his name. Uh, main guy from the from good Cheers. Place. Yeah, uh, Ted Dancing. Ted Dancing. Yeah, yeah. I had a brain fart there. No, Sorry. no, that's all right. No worries. Uh, his character is so funny. Did, oh, he every single time he was on screen, you know, he would just. Come up with just brighten the day, which is I how positive he was. Almost had Kristen Bell in my top five performances of the year. Really? From The Good Place. I love her performance in that show so much. Yeah. Um, where that show went, it's it's a TV show that does what movies do where you have to go rewatch the whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I And I did not see that coming at all. And that was such a great experience. So, yeah, yeah I wanted to give, it give was a little actually highlight to that divisive season finale actually it's a lot of people was didn't, it a lot of people i didn't thought everybody like it. loved it yeah maybe well, i i mean you're i'm sure you're right i just yeah. maybe i just loved it so much i assumed everybody else did yeah because that'll happen i think a lot of people hopefully this isn't spoilers to say i think a lot of people were war wanting that reveal to be a couple seasons from now and not to be in the first season mm. i think that's what some people were saying well I'm, I'm okay with it but uh well there's still a lot unknown like yeah. there's still a lot of Reveals that could happen, so yeah, it could be very interesting. All right, let's go on to our second award. Our second award is for Best Finish. This is for a show that had its final episode uh, over the course of this year. And when we say final episode, obviously we don't mean of the season. We mean a series finale. Yes. So uh, what do you got, Andrew? You're probably going to laugh because uh, you'd think, why would I pick this one? But I thought the show was one of the funniest shows whenever I watched it. A show called Workaholics. Oh, okay. I, I don't watch the show, so yeah. I'm glad you brought it up. I think the chemistry between these three guys, because it's so personal for them, the set that they record in is actually the house they lived in together. So they just uh, bought that house from like back in the 90s, and they just started recording. It's very uh, low-key about three bros that are telemarketers and uh you know what i think i have seen a couple yeah. episodes of this show is it it's the guy from uh like pitch perfect yeah and yeah 
Yeah, kind of, it seemed really funny. It's it's definitely a, an adult show. I mean, there's no nudity or anything like that, but there is drug and alcohol use. Mm-hmm. But it's their confidence and their ignorance that makes the show really magical, is how they are so sure they have life figured out. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've always found it incredible. And the show's not coming back? It's not. It's all done with. They wrapped it up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. No, that's a great choice. I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up. Um because that's one that I, I remember when I watched it, I remember thinking it was really funny. So, yeah. Workaholics. I think it made seven seasons on Comedy Central. Seven? Yeah. Wow, nicely done. Uh, my Best Finish nominees are The Leftovers, mm. New Girl, Orphan Black, Broadchurch, and Girls. I know which one's yours. All finished up. Uh, this. Which one do you think is mine? Orphan, or, uh, I'll let you Orphan Black. No, it's not oh. Orphan Black. I love Tatiana Maslany. Her performance in Orphan Black okay. more than I actually love the show. Oh, okay. Um, I do think they finish strong, but as far as these shows go, my pick for best finish is The Leftovers. Uh, I loved the final season of The Leftovers. Uh, I only have a couple episodes left. Oh, you're still in it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've been... I hate to say procrastinating. No, there's but a lot of TV out, it's, man. It's one of those shows where once the series or the season finishes... I can just binge through all of it, and I probably shouldn't do that with the show because I'd probably need a week in between episodes to just yeah. digest everything that I just saw because it's it is crazy. one of the densest shows oh. ever. And and it's just the insanity of where they're willing to go, and yet they go to insane places and somehow maintain authenticity. It's so interesting. Yeah. To and I I have to tell you, and the reason this wins for me is the final episode. The final episode, and I won't give anything away for you, Andrew, yeah. or anybody else who hasn't seen it. But the final episode is such a beautiful example of how to, in my opinion, end a story with both finality as well as um, a, a sense of open-endedness, you know, so that you are both knowing what, ha- you know, uh, what's going on or what it's hard to say because it's not like you're, it's not like lost where everybody's going to be upset. Oh, you didn't answer the questions I wanted you to a- you yeah. know, answer. But at the same time, giving you that ability to, you know, kind of see your own perspective on things. Same showrunners as Lost as well. So yes. There you yeah, go. it makes a lot of sense. Well, not not the exact same showrunner. Damon Lindelof. Lindelof did, is, yeah, yeah. Did, did both. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Leftovers would be it for me. Although, big props to New Girl. Uh, I'm going to miss New Girl. No, I've never seen a single episode of New Girl. So great. I've I, wanted to pick it up. It's so funny. And maybe we can... We can talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, next category. These are the underrated, overrated type categories. Oh, we'll start yes. with best show you feel like nobody is watching. So this would be the underrated category. Okay. Best show you feel like nobody is watching. Andrew, what'd you pick? Shut Eye, the Hulu original. And should be no surprise, I'm not watching it. Exactly. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't think anybody knew. Th- I, I made it a buried treasure a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that many people picked it up. And I think the show is fascinating about uh i know maybe gypsy's a bad like derogatory term is it now I, i'm not sure okay but uh we'll if, just know our hearts are pure we yes <laughs> but that culture mm-hmm. um and you know being you know a fake uh, uh fortune tellers and stuff sure. like that and trying to con people and i think the show is so captivating it goes to a kind of mystical place i didn't expect it to but it doesn't dwell in that it's still a very character central 
story. Mm. And the characters in the show are brilliant. You can't help but be captivated by all of them. Yeah. And uh, where the show ends up for the season finale, it's only one season out on Hulu. Yeah, I can't wait for more. I need more. <laughs> Very nice. Um, I may have to check that out. Uh, here are my nominees for best show that nobody is watching. Uh, Survivor, Documentary Now, Halt and Catch Fire, Penn and Teller's Fool Us, in oh, yeah. Son of Zorn. Those were ones I feel like don't have the audience that they really should have. Well, Zorn really didn't have the audience because they canceled it. <laughs> Did they cancel it? I thought it was coming back. No, they canceled it. Oh, man. <laughs> well, why don't we just throw it in my best finish shows then, too? <laughs> um, that is not actually the one that won for me. Documentary Now won for me. It's uh, so good. It's so funny. It, it really is. And I think we've mentioned this before. It works whether or not you know the reference material or not. You know, yeah. the, each documentary is a play on a famous documentary, yeah. but you don't have to know that source material to find incredible humor in what they're doing. But the ones that you do know the reference to the documentary make it just that much Does more get special. Better. Yes, that context that context <laughs> definitely can help. So you should, you should do Drones. like... <laughs> You should do the one-two punch. Like, find out which ones, you know, the episodes are, and then watch the documentary, then watch the episode. Do it that way. The thing is, the documentaries that they choose are brilliant documentaries. Yes. They don't right. just choose No, they're the not mil- choosing bad documentaries at all. Yeah. I'm waiting for the, you know, the King of King of Kong takeoff or something like yeah. that. It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, but- I don't know if they've done a Man on Wire one yet, Mm-mm, but I, I think, think that would have. be really good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite one, I think, is actually the pilot with the... Uh, the mom and the daughter and the rundown house. Mm-hmm. That's oh. and also it's them playing different characters. In Bill every, Hader, right? Bill Hader and uh, Fred, Fred Armisen. Armisen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are so funny. I love those guys so much. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's great stuff, and I think it deserves a bigger audience. So I, I totally agree with you. I, I I would have made that one of my picks probably. All right, let's go with the overrated, you know, kind of category. Worst show you feel like everybody's watching. Okay. Um, what do you got? Fear for the Fear of the Walking Dead. Fear of the Walking Dead is a great choice. I didn't even have that in my nominees. Yeah, but you, no, I think you're right on that. Such a bad show, and that it has. I the, just put it out of my mind. That's probably why I didn't even remember it. <laughs> I, I, I are you still watching it? Oh, not at all. Okay, I watched I think uh, five episodes because you know how much I love The Walking Dead. Yeah, I wanted to, to give this show an honest run. And it's just so bad. And I've I did up, a full season and a half of it. So yeah, you you would know more than me then. But yeah. it's just I didn't care about any of those people. No. There's no character development, and I've, we've said this a thousand times whenever we've talked about the show. The fact that they jump right in to where The Walking Dead is and not the beginning of the epidemic, literally less than an episode. Yeah. It's so disappointing because that's what we wanted. That was the attractiveness of the idea. Yeah. Was to take us, you know, and really show us how this how the world fell apart and yeah. and they're not doing they're not doing any of that. At least they weren't when you know, when I was watching. It yeah. was just it just became the Walking Dead, you know on the West Coast. Yeah. Well, on the boat coast now. Because <laughs> I think they're on a boat now. Well, when you stopped watching they were on a boat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. It- but that's my pick. Fear. Of that's the a great choice. That's a great choice. I'm gonna. I have three nominees. Okay. This was the hardest category for me again because I think it makes sense. If you don't like something, you don't watch it. You yeah. know. So, uh, and one of my nominees, I I hesitate to put in there. 
I just think it's a little overrated. It's actually an okay show, and okay. that's Designated Survivor. It's it's an okay show, but it is when it is doing the uh you know like the what's happening in the like the what I'm what's the word I'm looking for? I know what you're saying. When it's doing the what, paranoia, what is, paranoia is, is the word I'm looking yeah. for. When it's doing the paranoia stuff, it's boring. It is boring. But as when all, it's get West out. Wing, yes. When it is doing the rebuilding the government stuff, yeah. that's where it succeeds. Yeah. Uh, and so I feel like that is a little overrated. But these two, I actually hate watch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one is going to hurt you. It's American Gods uh, is a nominee. Okay. The other one I don't think will is Twin Peaks, and Twin Peaks is my winner. I can't believe people like this show. It is. It is not just. Listen, it's not just that I don't get it. All right, it's that it's bad. Like the the acting is horrible intentionally. In, in, I, I you can say that, but I I don't know if it's intentional. I'm or not. not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that it's intentional. It's bad, but it's intentional bad. That doesn't make it better. I don't know. I'm with you. I hate the show. Is is it intentional? <laughs> yeah, they've even said it's intentional. It's supposed to be over dramatic, weird, quirky characters, and but I, I can I'm, take I'm over dramatic, right. weird, quirky like just the, just some of the the acting in the the editing decisions in. I'm just not a David Lynch guy. I mean, was, let's just put it to that. It was I just, bad back in the '90s. It's bad now. I watched. See, I watched the '90s. See, because I'd never seen it. Yeah. Right. So I went ahead and I watched season one and all of season two of Twin Peaks that happened in the '90s. So that I could watch this show that everybody was raving about. I'm a little angry about this, can you tell? <laughs> uh, so I could watch this show that everybody was raving about. And I will tell you this. I think it was the season one run of Twin Peaks. Yeah. There's a little bit of something there. Kyle McLaughlin is captivating. He's a great character. He's really interesting. So I have an idea. Why don't you take your most interesting, captivating character, and in this new season, have him play two completely different things than what was captivating about him. Like, it makes no sense, and it's boring, and it's awful, and it's messed up for messed up's sake. I just, I'm I'm not not liking it. Can you tell? Whenever you have, <laughs> you know whenever you're sick and you start having fever dreams? Yes. I think that that is the world that Lynch lives in constantly. I think that what he just lives... What is attractive about it? Though? Like, he I lives, hear people talk about it like it's artistic, and I'm going... Ah, uh, I mean, maybe that's art. Maybe some people yeah. just, you know, love different kind of art. No, I do. But... I've never really been a Lynch guy. I do like Mulholland Drive. I really like sure. that movie. Sure. But other than that, I've never been like, oh, Lynch movies coming out. I'm there day one because it's so crazy. And you, it's. You... But there's crazy, and then there's just bad filmmaking. Like it's. I don't know. I it crosses that line for me. And and I am the furthest person from, you know, wanting to be able to call something objectively bad. I mean, it's art, right? You yeah. you don't really get into objectives. It's very subjective, but I just don't understand how somebody can like this but then rip on other bad movies. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I, I feel like you get... have to like both. Uh, a Lynch movie or a Lynch show feels like homework cuz you have sure. to spend so much time trying to understand every and you have to study yeah and some people just want to be entertained by what's i'm not saying that every show has to be turn off my brain explosions right but i don't think that the other side of that spectrum is good either and he is definitely at the other end of that spectrum yeah it's it's just it's just a rough watch for me I, if you're wondering why i'm still watching it 
there is an element of hate watching it, which, you know, I do not often do. Uh, but there also is, I want to know if Kyle McLaughlin is ever going to get to play the actual character he played in the first season that I thought was cool. <laughs> and I also want to know if it actually does end up going somewhere, you know? like well, You know what? I will say this. A lot of people said the exact same thing about Leftovers. Well, I, I've heard people compare... Okay, here's the other thing. I've heard people compare TV shows that I love to Twin Peaks, and that's what it, why I read it. People say The X-Files owes so much to Twin Peaks. I'm like, I love The X-Files. One of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah. Obviously, I'm going to love Twin Peaks. I don't see the connection. <laughs> I don't get... Because they deal with monsters, maybe? Yeah. I don't... I like, there's nothing about X-Files that feels like Twin Peaks to me. Yeah. But I, maybe I'm just the weird one. I don't know. No, I'm right there with you. I don't get it either. So, yeah, you mentioned The Leftovers. I hear that about The Leftovers, too. But The Leftovers was so full of life, and it was edited well, and the performances were incredible. And, you know, like, it's just so different to yeah. me. I just, I, I really don't understand it sometimes. Yeah. Now, you said American Gods. Yes. I really like American Gods. Sure. Go ahead and defend it a little bit. Because um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it on that same level as Twin Peaks, obviously. I think the originality of it is phenomenal. It's unlike anything else that mm-hmm. you can watch right now. Yes, it is weird as get all you know Mm -hmm. uh, dealing with mythological characters living in our world and the show itself is very psychedelic um it's not a you don't know what's real and what's not you don't know what's fever dream and what's (laughs) not but uh i think that the performances in the show especially e mcshane is mr wednesday uh he's such a phenomenal character and i've always loved ian mcshane from best back in a uh deadwood deadwood yeah it's just he knows how to captivate you and i think that he is just as captivating here as he's ever been did you finish did you finish i did i did i finished it and everybody told me you'll understand when you get to the end and i don't i still don't understand i don't (laughs) i don't get it i don't understand what's going on beyond that they're you know, gods in the human universe and, yeah. and, but like the, the whole new like, gods and old gods. Yeah. You get none that. Of, none of that. Yeah. I get really? that, but I don't understand contextually how that matters. Like I don't like, there's no, it hasn't set up the world for me in a way where I connect to what's valuable, what's important. It's just like, Oh, here's some cool stuff we can do with Jilly Anderson playing pop icons. Like I just don't, <laughs> I, you know, it just, it just seems like cool, um, it seems like, what's the word I'm looking for? Visuals for visual sake. Like, they don't seem to mean anything to me. I never um, got that. But you've read the book, too, so I feel like you've got an extra layer of, there's nothing, of context. There's nothing lacking in the show so far that would lead me to say, oh, because they, I did say um, for the first couple episodes that they're really following the book, then they drastically <laughs> s- went they? away from the book. So I'm kind of with everybody else when I say, oh, okay, so we're going this route now. Okay, so I'm on board with everybody else. Pretty much the basic plot, like what we talked about, New Gods and Old Gods, that's what's going on in the first book. Right. So uh, I'm right there with you on this new journey now. It's like Game of Thrones season one was just like the book. Now it's it's not. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what American Gods did in episode three of season one. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, before we get on to our big categories, uh, let's chat about Patreon a little bit. This is your final chance to get in on helping our friend Bryn fight human trafficking in 
Cambodia for this DNA Gives Back Month. The podcast network that Sif Pop is on, Studio DNA, takes every August to give 100% of fan funding to a, a great cause or a great need. And the cause for this month is to fight human trafficking on the ground, doing investigations on these awful people doing awful things in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. You have been amazing so far this month with just a few days left. Probably when you're listening to this, if you want to get in on this, and I would highly encourage you to do it, just pause it right right now. Go to the Patreon. Do whatever you'd like to do to support. And again, you can do it just for this month. If yeah. you just want to support this month alone, then cancel it next, next month. Not only do we understand, we encourage you to do that. We really want to help Bryn out. In fact, we're hoping to raise $3,000 for him to hire somebody for an entire year to help him with his investigations. What are we at right now? Uh, currently, and I was this is what I was going to say. I need to just do these thank yous because everybody is chipping in an amazing amazing way. Uh, Nicholas increased his gift to $50 for the month. Oh, Caleb increased his gift to $10 for the month. Uh, Daniel increased his gift to $50 for the month. Brandon increased his gift to $50 for the month. Timo increased his gift to $15 for the month. Tom increased his gift to $30 for the month. Brand new gift of $30 uh, from Christopher, uh, who, by the way, has his podcast giving, which is Christopher Hampker's Drinks in a Movie uh, podcast, in case you want to know about that. Thank you for that. Sean increased his gift to $50 for the month. Uh, David increased his gift to over $100 for the month. Uh, And a brand new gift from Dan, who jumped in on board. Uh, so it has been an incredible month already. Oh, and I forgot to mention Blake, who mailed in a gift, actually, of $300. That's phenomenal. Plus what we started with, you know, what the Studio DNA Podcast Network started with. We are just now about $50 away from the first 1000 So $50 away would put us at that 1000 mark. Uh, I should also say that uh, my YouTube Patreon is donating everything for August to this. So that'll be another $100 or so. Um, so I think it could happen, but what it will take is you just giving what you can right now, pausing this, going to patreon.com slash studio DNA, giving $30, $50, $100, or fingers crossed somebody who could do a thousand dollars and just say, you know what? I really want this to happen for this guy. And then again, change it in September and, you know, just, uh, just see what we can do together to really help him out with this fight against human trafficking in Cambodia. So, again, that's patreon.com slash studio DNA. Uh, let's make this happen here in the next few days. Let's do it. It's really pretty incredible. Like, it, that's phenomenal. Thank you so much for all those gifts. Uh, it means the world. The fact that, you know, when I when we felt like $3,000 was the number that the, the podcast network should give this August, Seemed crazy, right? Support for the network usually hovers around mid two hundred dollars, you know, every month that'll come in, and uh, to think three thousand dollars just seemed a little ridiculous. But um, it's been incredible to see everybody kind of come along, and I'm not giving up yet. I, I believe there are people who could, you know, put it over the edge and and really help support him. So uh, it'll be exciting to see. We well, ready to go on to the major categories, Andrew? Let's do it. All right. So we've got performances and shows that we will finish off with before our buried treasure. Uh, let's start with top five performances. Top five performances. And I do have so many honorable mentions. Yeah. But let's do our top five because maybe some of my honorable mentions will be in your top five. 
And then we can kind of do it like we do our, you know, best ever challenge where we can hit some honorable mentions at the end if we want to. But let's start with number five. And since you went first on all the other categories, I'll go first here. All right. Uh, My number five, I think might be my biggest surprise of these 2017 TV awards. Okay. I'm going with Allison Brie and Glow. I thought she was incredible in that series. Now, maybe it's recency bias because I just finished it like a week ago. Yeah. I was blown away. I did not know she could do like she was so funny, you know, in community and in the other things that I've seen her in. And it's not that she's not funny here because she's funny, but I bought it. And she has some scenes that are really intense and really dramatic. And I thought she was great in that. I know everybody's talking about Mark Maron and his performance from that show. And it's great, but I think she was the standout from that show. So she came in at number five for me. Awesome. I will say before I say my number five, I only have one guy on my list. That's so the, great. The, the rest are ladies. So number five from Westworld, I have Tandy Newton. Good choice. Um, In my honorable mentions. Is she? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. What she is asked to do in that show and not only, you know, exposing yourself like that. Sure. But the the psychological roller coaster that not only she takes us through but she goes on herself is got to be exhausting well yeah and even just the idea of sentience and an android and you know what that looks like and what the progress of that looks like and feeling you know i I bought it you know i I felt like it was real so i think that's a great choice uh ready for my number four let's do it my number four is Justin Thoreau from The Leftovers. He's uh, so good. He is incredible in that show, and there's a lot of good performance. I think Carrie Coon is really good in that show, too, um, but I had to single him out. Uh, he is asked to do some crazy stuff and to make it believable, and he pulls it off. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that performance. What's your number four? Number four from Big Little Lies, Shailene Woodley. Good um, choice. Sh- uh, every- I could have just done a top five of Big Little Lies. <laughs> <laughs> Well, wait till you hear my list. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, the the maternal uh, instincts that she portrays in this, you know, for her son wanting to believe that he didn't do this and fighting yeah, for really him good. is powerful. It's really good. It's uh, yeah, it's absolutely yeah. Brilliant. Also, in my honorable mentions. Okay, great. yeah. Your number three, definitely a great performance. My number three is Michael McKean from Better Call Saul. Yeah. Uh, just. He like again. He's being asked to do do something very difficult, which yeah. is to portray somebody who is uh, mentally unstable, but at the same time is confident and smart. It's not that he's mm. not smart; he just has this, you know, this hang up. And I just think he's incredible. He's always been a great comedian, but here he is full on drama. And I just I love what Michael McKean's doing in that show. Uh, there's still some people out there who are convinced that his. Uh disease is real like that watch yeah. show they're like no i believe him i believe that this is really happening that's because he's an amazing actor <laughs> that's exactly right yeah <laughs> buy uh, into it yeah my number three yep reese witherspoon from <laughs> big little lies <laughs> i can't blame you i cannot blame you they are great performances in that show yeah um wow this is the best performance reese witherspoon has ever given in her historic career okay all right um, that's a, a longer conversation for another day. But Would you say like legally blonde or something? Like I was that? like maybe election. No, oh, oh, man, I can't. It's she is so maybe because she's also no, did you see Wild? Yeah, Wild she, was really good. She's incredible in Wild. Yeah, uh, she got an Oscar nom for that, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, I think so. Um, but wow, what she brings to the table here, 
And maybe that's just why I love Big Little Lies so much, is that there's not a bad f- performance. Like, everybody is either great or phenomenal yeah. in the show. All Pretty much everybody's leaning towards phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And uh, she definitely has the most dialogue out of anybody in the show. Yeah. She constantly talk, constantly talking. And you but, just believe that but character. But you believe it. Yeah. That's the thing. It's not like she has to talk to convince us, because what she's doing physically you know with you know her facial expressions and stuff those can say a thousand more words than what she can and she does both yeah so no she's great in it for sure your number two number two donald glover from atlanta good call um just like i mentioned earlier i don't have to go over this again so impressed with his performance uh it's that's why i just realized i have two community uh people on my top five performances of the year with allison uh so yeah um Man, it's good stuff. Really enjoyed it. So Good people came out of community. Where are you, Joel McHale? Where's your great performance last year? Yeah. Dude soup. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. My number two, Nicole Kidman from Big Little Lies. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, yeah, she's phenomenal. That performance will stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. I'll just go ahead and say it's my number one. Is it your number yeah, one? Yeah, it's my number one. I, it's unbelievable what she wow. pulls off. Uh, the vulnerability, the strength, the like, the transition of that character from beginning of the season to the end. Yeah. I really think the story is about her. I know it's all of them, but I, I really feel like it's her story. Yeah, I um, think it's actually Shailene's story. I, I understand that, but I, I, as far as the themes of the show, I yeah. think she most embodies the transition of kind of where the show brings us. Yeah. Um, and man, what she's asked to do is yeah. Some of those, some of those uh, counsel scenes with the counselor, oh, are wow. mind blowing. Yeah, and, mind blowing. And it's how well her and Alexander Skarsgård play off of each other. Yep. Like uh, whenever you see them together with the kids, and you think they are the perfect family, mm-hmm. and then whenever the kids are gone and the nightmare begins, I, I'm going to put Skarsgård in my honorable mentions. Yeah, because he can turn that on and off so well. From becoming a monster mm-hmm. and being the greatest dad ever, and when it's revealed, you know that the kids are picking up on that. It's whew, it's so intense. Yeah, it, the entire show. I we've said we can't recommend it enough. It's so good. It's powerful. And, but Nicole Kidman, she steals it all. She's great. She steals it all. What's your number one? <laughs> Actually, it's not anybody from Big Little Lies. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. Well, I- I wouldn't think so. I'm going to go with Dan Stevens in Legion. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even have that in my honorable mentions. Really? I, I actually would have gone with um, Aubrey Plaza, Aubrey Plaza she, if I was going to pick a Legion. She's in my honorable mentions, but I know she is like the most intriguing character, mm-hmm. but I think from a performance standpoint, what he is being asked to do is right up there with Nicole Kidman as far as difficulty. Okay. Because... I've always found people who have to play people with mental dis- disorders, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe it can also be... We uh, talked about that with Michael McKean a little bit, too. Yeah. Well, it can also be uh, uh, thrown out for editing and just the way that it's edited around him, but I believe from beginning to end his character, mm-hmm. and I found it fascinating, captivating, and terrifying. See, there's an example of a show that did the thing that American Gods does, or even let's say Twin Peaks does, where it throws you into a confused mess. Yeah. <clears throat> and purposefully. 
and you wonder what's going on. But there's an example of the show, in my opinion, that actually brings it around and actually f- gives you enough footing to want to stay with it. Yeah. And um, I, I didn't think Legion was great, but I thought it became a, a really good show uh, by the end of the season. And Dan Stevens is, is really good in it. So I don't think that's an awful choice. Well, good. <laughs> um, if we were if we were doing a, and we will do this for for show for sure. It consists a consensus sift pop performance of 2017. Nicole Kidman. We'd have to go with Nicole Kidman, yeah. right? Since I had her at number one and you had her at number two. So, yeah. congratulations, Nicole. You've done it. You are the sift pop performance of the year. Yeah, nicely done. Now uh, the big one. Are you ready to do the TV, top ten TV show? Well, let's let's let me throw out a couple more honorable mentions. Oh, I had to mention a season sorry in Master of None. Great performance I've from him there. only seen two episodes of that show. Really? Yeah, no. Like uh, two episodes, wow. Of season one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Brian Cranston and Sneaky Pete uh, I thought was really good. Uh, Elizabeth Moth, Moss and Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I have to wow. mention her. Uh, I already... She was number six for me. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, incredible performance. Yeah. Uh, Kristen Bell in The Good Place I mentioned. Uh, Jason Bateman in Ozark mm-hmm. I thought was worth a mention. Uh, and then I put Jake Johnson in New Girl in there. Uh, we talked about New Girl a little bit. He is so good. Yeah. He is. He reminds me. I love him as much as I love Chandler and Friends. Like <laughs> it's just one of those characters. Like I want to hear him say every line of dialogue. He's hilarious. I just you know, and you just love him. You know, yeah. it's just like you're connected to him. Uh, and then Kit Harrington in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, I have three. One of them was Kit Harrington. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go two from Westworld. I'm gonna go Ed Harris. Okay. And James Marsden. Because James Marsden... That Marsden performance, I think, is worth mentioning for sure. really surprised me with how... Because he's... uh, I think you said this whenever we were doing our Westworld review, how he's one of the most underrated actors in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Um, And he definitely proved that here. Because what he does in the show is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I've always thought he was underrated. I've loved his work uh, many times over. And of, I, you guys know, there's no way I could not mention for an honorable mention as far as performances go, Jeffrey Dean Morgan in The Walking Dead. Yeah. I mean... The reason I stopped watching the, the show. The reason you stopped watching the show. <laughs> exactly. His performance was so good I had to quit watching. Yeah. But you I don't know, know if it was his performance or his Bat's performance that made me stop watching. But Lucille. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the way he... his He is so... You never have loved... Or hated a character so much. Mm. For me, anyway. Yeah. He's so good because he's charming, witting, but he's also terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I haven't I done a catch-up with you recently. I mean, You need to catch me up on like where, where the show is and it's, stuff. So It's setting up a war. Because I, I do I do want to know, you know what my friends who are trying to avoid zombies are doing. I just, like, you know, <laughs> I was just tired of feeling icky. That's all. I get you. It's it's a it's a hard show to watch if you're not into that kind of you know just gratuitous violence for the sake of gratuitous <laughs> violence. But right. I, I honestly do think that there is a story there that is. Oh sure. Yeah. Sure. No, I I wouldn't argue against that. Okay. You ready for top ten TV shows of 2017? Ten TV shows from number ten to number one. I'm going to start number ten. Rick and Morty. Ooh, uh, I a little low for me, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm brand new to Rick and Morty. Okay, and I I have immediately seen why people love this show. Okay, uh, it is. Have you been watching this new season? Yes. At all? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I've been I've been watching this new season. Uh, you know, Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick is now my new favorite episode of the show. Of probably of all TV ever of any time, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. And what I love about the show, and we've talked about this before, but I'll go ahead and say it. It's just so consistent in its world. Like, yeah. it's a crazy world, 
but somehow it carries things over uh, from one episode to another in a really interesting way. And also, it's kind of deeper than you would think at first glance. There's some pretty incredible relationships uh, stuff that's that's been in there. So, oh yeah, I, I've been fascinated by Rick and Morty. Um, speaking of gratuitous violence for the sake of gratuitous violence, uh, definitely has some of that going on. Yeah, um, but it's also funny. Yeah, <laughs> whereas The Walking Dead doesn't have a ton of laughs. No, not not too many of those. All right, what do you got at number ten? I have an animated comedy at number ten. Archer. Hey. That's a decent choice. It's one of the the most well written shows on TV. Yeah. It's so such great comedy writing and the fact that they can keep bringing back the same jokes Mm -hmm. but they never overuse them to the point where like okay i've heard that they know the exact amount of times Mm -hmm. to do referential humor or callback jokes yeah well and And, they'll even they'll even start questioning their own callbacks yes are we still doing phrasing yeah exactly (laughs) yeah it's so good and uh john h benjamin is Mm -hmm. yeah that's it's the best voice actor like out there right now because how you can't not love Archer for as misogynistic, egotistical, and just terrible that character is. You have to love him. You can't not love him. He doesn't look anything like you would think At he looks all. like. Um, but I love it. That's that's one of the things I love about voiceover guys. Yeah. Your number nine. My number nine is Master of None. Uh, I already mentioned disease from that show. Uh, I think it was. This season was absolutely stunning, artistic, beautiful. Um, there, it played with the, a romance in the show in a way that just felt deeper to me than I've seen in a long time. Um, I was affected by this show by mm-hmm. the end of the season. So I uh, wanted to mention Master of None. Good call. Number nine. Atlanta. Probably a Good. little low for you. Sure. That's all right. <laughs> um, we've said this before. The character development and the fact that this movie, or I call it a movie. It feels like a movie. Yeah. Uh, the show... Uh, isn't afraid to go places other shows might be. And the fact that while it is a comedy, there are some very powerful and meaningful moments in the show about, uh, you know, just that culture and uh, trying to not only tell that story to a wide audience, but also... Did you say wide or white? Wide. Okay. Yeah. I just want to be clear. Yeah. No, yeah, a wide audience. And a white audience. Well, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, just to make it accessible... And still, on top of that, it's a brilliant show. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't sacrifice It doesn't sacrifice anything to be accessible. You yeah. know what I mean? It doesn't feel like it does, at exactly. least. It feels like it is completely 100% itself, and yet at the same time has found some sort of mystical, magical way of you know being accessible to people. So, yeah, I love Atlanta as well. And yes, you will hear me uh, a little bit higher on the list with that one. <laughs> uh, my number eight is The Leftovers. Uh, I, as much as I loved it, that's about as high as it could climb for me. Uh, and again, I think that's a testament just to some of the amazing TV that's happening Mm -hmm. right now. Um, but yeah, I, and I just started the leftovers this year, so I didn't watch it. Oh, really? Yeah. And it just finally got to a point where people were like, you know what? This show has gotten amazing. And I've always loved Lost and I've always loved Lindelof. And so I was like, all right, I'll do this thing. And I was blown away. That's funny. I was watching from season one, day one, and you somehow passed me. You know what? (laughs) You know what? I I actually did watch the first five episodes and I gave up on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was was not into that first season. And then people just said it got so much better in the second season. And they were right. Yeah. So. My number eight, Big Little Lies. Probably a little lower than some people imagined I'd have it. Um, while I said the performances are the greatest of the year, 
There is a story element to it that I think could have been a little bit more polished. And if sure. it was, it would have been way higher up on my list. I liked it more than you. I, I mean, the story aspect of it. I, yeah. I thought thematically it, it really landed uh, very well for me. So I, mean, I, I really enjoyed the story. The main center is there's a lot of sub stories in this, mm-hmm. you know, with like the relationships. I'm talking about the the kids story, maybe because I don't have kids. Mm. Maybe that's reason why. Um I don't have that paternal instinct to defend a child of Mm -hmm. mine, no matter what the cost. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe that's why. But uh, don't get me wrong. I've loved one of the best miniseries I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's in your top 10 of of a year that has a lot of good television. So, so yeah, no doubt. Uh, Number seven. Yep. Fargo. I haven't seen this new season. So here's the thing. Fargo season two would have been at number one on my list or possibly number two. Yeah. Uh, spectacular. This is still a great season, but it took a little bit for me to to be with this really? season. Yeah, it did. I and, and and that's not true for everybody, at least from what I from what I'm hearing. But it is what it is, and at its core, it is doing something interesting enough that I'm already engaged. But I just it didn't have the same level of connectiveness that season two did where it felt like it was just firing on all cylinders and every episode was like incredible energy uh by those last couple episodes i was back with it but um but yeah overall i mean again and at number seven so that's still something to talk about but in performances i was curious if you were going to have ewan mcgregor in like your top five no it's i think it's one of the reasons i didn't connect to it as much too is just that choice i don't think quite worked Okay. He's great. And don't get me wrong. He's great in the, that dual performance. Yeah. But I think the dual performance itself just put the show. It was a bad choice. And I think so. It put the show in a tone that uh, I, I don't know. It was weird for me. So but he was great. He really was. He, he did about as good as you can imagine. Yeah. Other than some of the accent work was a little shaky. Uh, but That's a shame. Well, when you, when you come from, <laughs> was it Scotland, right? Yeah. McGregor. Uh, and you go to that Minnesotan. Uh, you know, North Dakota. Uh, it's that's that's quite a stretch. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a little rough. Did the best he could. But, yeah. Uh, okay. My number seven is The Walking Dead. Okay. Um, it's it was a good season. I can understand because that the pilot or not the pilot, but the season premiere for this one was really tough for people, and I get that. But after that, it got back to the story because that uh all that season pilot was was just how how terrified can we make our audience how sure. graphic how can brutal we, can we be how brutal can we be and i think they got as close as they could without you know amc saying nope that's too that's too gory that's too graphic mm-hmm. and they got back to an actual story like the different uh factions you know like rick and his people negan and his people the kingdom you know all those people and it got back to that story and it, and there's this I always love whenever there's like a chess game going on, like sure. I'll, I'll align with you, that kind of thing. And right. that's really what this season was building up to, especially the second half. I will say this about The Walking Dead. There are too many episodes in the seasons. I think that they trim it down to yeah. like maybe four. I think we're seeing that overall. Like I yeah. think we're seeing that sweet spot is like eight to ten episodes. Yeah. I think even 14 would be pretty good. Like, And uh, don't do like a mid-season sure. cut. But at the same time, like I do... I've 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 always loved the show and they haven't led me astray yet. 
Yeah, and let me just be clear. It's not just about the violence in this season. I was already feeling that way with The Walking Dead. Yeah. I was already feeling like every episode I came away knowing more about the story that I enjoyed, but also just feeling icky because it just was gross. And I was just like, you know what? I've got too much stuff already to watch. I don't need to watch something that makes me feel icky, you know? So. Totally get it. My number six is Big Little Lies, and we already really chatted about that, so I can just leave that there. But yeah, phenomenal show. Uh, my number six is Westworld. Um, I, uh, I'm trying to decide why I didn't have it higher on my list, and I'm just realizing it's because the other shows were way better. Um, <laughs> well, that would be a good reason. Well, I mean, like because I did praise Westworld so much, and I, I'm, I don't want people to think, well, you had it so you gave it so much praise with the performances and everything. Why don't you have it higher? Six isn't anything to scoff at. Not this year, man. Yeah, I I look at my top five and I'm just like, wow. Phew. Yeah. So, uh, your number five. My number five is Westworld. So <laughs> we had it right about the same place. Not bad. Not um, bad. yeah, I had it in at number five. Um, I think we've said everything we need to say about it, okay. but um, I love I love mind bendy, yeah, twisty, turny sci-fi. Like it's right up my alley. Doesn't even have to work completely. Like yeah. I just I love thinking about it. And I actually think Westworld works pretty well. Anthony yeah. Hopkins, who we haven't talked about. I was literally just thinking about, oh man, I should have mentioned Hopkins. Um, but yeah. It does a great job too. So certainly much better than in Transformers. All right, continue on. Yeah. <laughs> my number five is Silicon Valley. Great choice. That's in my honorable mentions. Really? Yeah. It's one of the funniest shows on television right now. And the writing on it is so perfect. And I think the judge is great. Yeah, he's one of the best of all time when it comes to writing comedy shows. Um, but you know, coming from you know, you know, you and I are both a part of what could be considered that geek nerd culture. Sure. So we understand all the references, but at the same time, I know people who watch the show who aren't in that culture who think the show is just as hilarious. And I think that that's pretty impressive that you can, you know, accommodate both. Yeah. And it's still funny to everybody. Yeah. And no, that's good stuff. And that that group of guys is just they're the best. They are. No, that's that's a lot of fun to watch. Uh my number four? Uh that was my number five. So did you do your number five? My five was Westworld. Okay. So yep. So, so number four. My number four is Atlanta, which we've talked about, yep. I think, uh quite a bit, so I won't add too much other than to say, Man, that show blew me away. I'm yeah. so excited to see whenever it happens another season of that. So yeah. I'm on board for just waiting till yeah. till it's necessary. He is literally just staring at the TV right now, just watching a countdown for when Atlanta comes back. <laughs> That's right. My number four is Legion. I had it pretty high up there. You but, did, yeah. But uh, wow, that show because maybe it's for the simple fact that seeing everything that Fox had done wrong with the X Men universe, yeah, and this is potentially the best X Men. If you you can let, well, let's just call it in the X Men universe. Yeah, this is the best thing Fox has ever done with the X Men universe. I think even better than X Two, X Men uh, First Class. I think this is the best because it's so different from every other superhero thing that we've been given. That's interesting for sure. Did I tell you I've actually seen the pilot already for the new X Men show that's coming out this next year? Oh, uh, the oh, what's it called? Uh, um, I can't remember either. It's not the Inhumans. That's the no, Marvel yeah, yeah. one. But the, it's there's, the one that has the True Blood guy in it, right? The Gifted is what it's Stephen, called. Stephen Moyer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've actually seen that, but I'm not really allowed to review it, so I can't really tell you whether I liked it or right. didn't like it. But it was one of the pilot. I've actually got uh, a lot of the Fox pilots, and so I've been kind of checking those out. Okay. But um, 
But yeah, there's another X Men show coming. That's basically all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> and then I saw the pilot. Well, what you what you? I know you liked Legion, but you didn't feel as much. I didn't love Legion. Okay. I I think by the end I liked it. Um, yeah. Uh, great performances. It's very interesting. It's definitely different, which I always enjoy. It's fresh. Yeah. Um, but it was a, that first part of the season was a little difficult for me. It was it was a little bit too confusing. So I, I'm glad it got its sea legs, but um, I didn't love it as much as quite as much as you did. So I I just had to check and make sure that Mr. Robot season two was not. I looked at Mr. Robot two. I we could have gone either way. I'm glad neither of us included it because its last couple episodes were actually in the window. Yeah, like the last couple episodes of season two were in September of last year. Yeah, but I think for the most part, the majority of it was outside July outside of our window. So that's why you don't hear us talking about Mr. Robot that much. Uh, Your number three. My number three is Black Mirror. Oh, good call. I loved Black Mirror. I still need to get caught up. Um, it is, I mean, it's it, like any anthology series, it can be hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm feeling the same way about Room 104, by the way. Yeah. There have been a couple horrible episodes since I recommended it. <laughs> so, um, but, and, and also a couple more good ones. But, um, but man, when Black Mirror is working, it's just working so well for me. San Junipero was this newest season, yes. right? Yeah. That's. I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. That might be the best episode of any show ever. <laughs> More me. than Pickle Rick? Yeah. <laughs> now, Pickle Rick's just my favorite Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. Wow, man. Same it's June. good. I, I've watched it what so many times. What a phenomenal movie, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wait, that's the thing. With, put it up for an Oscar. <laughs> that's the thing with Black Mirror is they are movies. Yeah. And it's not. They're a little less than feature length. They're about an hour. about an hour or so, yeah. yeah. But they definitely can tell a story better than some movies can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I couldn't help but mention Black Mirror. That is my number three. Good call. Good call. My number three is Better Call Saul. Great choice. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to be in your top two. You think? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll just go ahead and say it is my number two. So Okay. Yeah. Um, well, then why don't you go ahead and talk about it and then I'll chime in since you have it a little higher. Sure. No, we can just chat about it. Um, okay. I, I have been blown away by how captivating they have made this secondary character yeah. in his own series. I Listen. I am one who talks over and over again about how stupid it is to take a comic relief character and make them the center of something. Yeah. It doesn't. It does not usually work. Uh, the Minions, um, the Penguins of Madagascar. I'm just mentioning animated films. Cars Two. <laughs> uh, you know, making Mater the center. Whatever it is, you know, when you when you do that, you just you lose the power of that character. But somehow with Saul Goodman. Yeah. They have strengthened that character. And I think it's because um, uh, Vince Gilligan, yeah. I think he just understands how to authentically deepen a character. And what he has done with those brothers is yeah. mind-blowing. I will say this, and he did the he's done the exact same thing uh, to Saul that he did to White for me. Mm-hmm. Where I he White or Saul Goodman is now doing things that make me hate him. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I'm not going to spoil, but like, I'll just say he did some things to somebody in a retirement home sure. that made me hate him yeah. so much. And like, why would you made me love this guy in Breaking Bad? But at the and same now time, you're tearing him down before Breaking Bad even takes place. But where the nuance is and where the beauty of what he does is you, you still, you understand him. You know what I'm saying? Like, even when you hate him, there's that beauty of, like, I get this character and I get, you know, 
why he's doing what he's doing, even though I think it's awful. Yeah. It's just a really interesting. I mean, it's just you don't see enough of those nuanced yeah. kind of character development things going on. And I, it's kind of blown me away. Yeah. And the fact that we keep going back to present day, too, which is interesting every once in a while. With the uh, season premieres. With the premieres, you know, yeah. Cinnabon and that kind of stuff, I think is something's going on there, and it's going to lead somewhere eventually. And I love that it's just taking its time with the, with the you know, I, yeah. I don't know if we'll catch up or if that story will be, but he's told enough of that story in the two season premieres that I'm already mm-hmm. going, hmm, this is interesting. So I just, I love everything yeah. that he's doing with it. I'm curious if they filmed all that stuff in the future all at once. I don't and think they, so. You don't think so? I don't think so. Okay. I could be wrong, but I don't yeah. think so. I will tell you, that courtroom stuff this season oh, was yeah. some of the best the television battery. I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. It was just some of the best. All that brother stuff is just some of the the best. There's something so real about it. I, it's the just, animosity between Odenkirk and McKean is like... Whew. Well, and his love for his brother at the same time that the animosity is happening. Like, yeah. If it you have brokenness. If you, you have know? siblings... Yeah. And you ever gotten to that point? It is the most relatable. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Wow. It's yeah, it's so powerful good. stuff. It's yeah. really powerful stuff. That dynamic of big brother, little brother, it's really powerful. So my number two. Because um, you said yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless, yeah your number did two. you say your number three? No. Uh, yeah, I did say my number. My number three is Black Mirror. And okay, number two is Better Call Saul. I, I just so. don't want to cut it, jump. Yeah. Over what's yet? your number two? Rick and Morty. There you go. Yeah. I knew it was coming at some point. Yeah, it got pretty high up there. Um. Wow. This new season, I. You know, waiting a year and a half in between seasons Mm -hmm. is, you know, killer. But at the same time, it was totally worth it because this season is, there hasn't been a bad episode. Every single episode in this season has been brilliant up to perfect. I think the latest episode is better than Pickle Rick. I think the... The the Jerry one? Yeah. I think the Jerry episode is... Maybe that's because of my preference for depth. I Mm -hmm. think there's some really deep relationship interesting stuff going on in that episode and it's hilarious and the sci-fi is is it the whirly durly conspiracy is yeah, that what it is yeah yeah that's actually my least favorite episode of the season really yeah well we're different people andrew that's true <laughs> i'm not saying i don't like it because yeah. like I'd well you love just said every single episode so has just, been great yeah so. but out of all of them that's my least favorite one which i still love but no pickle <laughs> rick is the funniest thing ever it's so good what's well, more than funny it's smart. Yeah. And that's, I, you know, you just can't state that enough. <laughs> it's the, it proves the show isn't afraid to go, this is the most ridiculous episode of any show ever. Sure. Whenever you have a character, it, we, we keep dancing around it. He turns himself into a pickle. <laughs> no show has ever been that ridiculous and owned to it. To get out of family counseling. counseling. Yes. Yes. And uh, how it progressively gets more and more insane from war with rats to breaking into a criminal, you know, foreign embassy all just to get out of family counseling. Yeah, it's it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's a great episode. Yeah. So I think we have the same number one. That makes our consensus pretty easy if we've both got it. Yeah. Uh, Son of, of Zorn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Game of Zorn. Game of Zorn. No, no, it's Game of Thrones. Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, I think we knew that would be the Sif Pop show of the year. Uh, it's just, there's no... Even though we only have one episode left. Yeah, and we haven't seen the finale, um, as this recording that happens tomorrow night, so you've probably seen it, uh, when you're listening to this, unless, you know, got on this right away, because, uh, this, this episode will probably go up on the day of the finale. Okay. So, um... 
So, yeah, but even without that finale, it's just this show is doing something. I don't think it's uh, hyperbole to say that no show has ever done before. Mm-hmm. Like, no show has been this. I mean, it's doing on TV what Lord of the Rings took three movies to do in the theater. You know what I mean? Like, to, yeah. to expand this this existing world and to tell this story with all these characters. I mean, I remember being lost in those first couple of with how many different, you know, families and sigils and characters and But if you put in the time and effort to know all it's like, so deep. It's, it's so worth it. It is. It really is. Yeah. And and of course those early seasons I thought like many still do think that it was just, you know, nudity and, and dragons. You know, that's what, you know, everybody yep. always said. And uh, it really is more than that. And we had the conversation, I think, when we talked about Game of Thrones, about, you know, the content in it, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. It's a worthy conversation, I think, to talk about. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think it defines the show. I think the show is defined by its world building. Um, I will also say I am starting to see a more and more distinct difference between the pre-George uh, Martin shows and the post-George yeah. R. R. Martin shows. I think we're seeing... Um, a real difference in approach to the world and a real difference in especially the speed of the world and how things are happening. That's been the major thing. They've yeah. really ramped up the story and it's not dragging. There were a couple <laughs> seasons. Dragging. Oh, man. I didn't even mean to do that. That's all right. Uh, there were a couple seasons, like seasons three and four, where the show was like, don't get me wrong, there's great episodes sure. in there. Sure. But there are some episodes that could have been completely trimmed down. See, I think some people, and maybe even me, would disagree with you. I think that's what made the show so deep. I think without... I mean, Bran disappears for like an entire season. Yeah. And it's okay because there's all these other worlds to explore and things to do. Well, there's characters... Uh, forget the names of the books. But uh, there's two books where, that take place during the same time. Mm-hmm. It's just that... One book is about these characters and another book's about these characters. They're they're both simultaneous. It's just, you know, they are just, there's too many people. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying there's too many people, but at the same time, it's so dense, it'd be difficult to put that all in one book. It almost book. feels like there should be a balance between the two, because I do feel like the show has lost a little bit of the depth this last season and i and that's okay because i know they're trying to wrap it up yeah. and they want to get us somewhere and but the 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 speed at which things are happening and the things that are happening are so different than what we saw those first 5 seasons especially um and so i i think it's it's different but i'm still on board you know what i mean like i mean i just I've invested so much and it's so deep and it's just, it's an incredible hour of television every week and I cannot wait for the season finale. No matter what happens tomorrow night, I will love it. Yeah. Because it's something to do with a bunch of different characters that I'm really interested to see what happens to them. We probably can't do predictions in this, can we? No, probably not. Okay. Um, This wouldn't necessarily be the place for that. Yeah. Okay. But I'm right there with you. No matter what happens tomorrow night, I'm, I'm on board for it. And I, there's no way they could really, I can't say no way, there's a, it's a really low chance that they can't let me down, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, I've heard the phrase critic-proof thrown around. It's, yeah. it's, got, it's one of those shows that just seems critic-proof. Like, there's nothing, anything could happen and be like, I don't care, it's Game of Thrones, man. Yeah. You know, uh, Breaking Bad got to that place the last season where it's critic-proof. You know, yeah. there's just some shows where it's just like, we're all on board. You know, show us what you're going to do. There are people who consider this the greatest show of all time. 
I mean, it's. I think it's in the argument. I mean, there's a little bit of recency bias there. I think, but I, yeah. you know, you'd have even to put for it a show there. that's still going on to have to be put in that, you know, that company of different shows. Sure, it speaks volumes to what this show has done and is continued to do. Yeah, so it's impressive stuff. Well, congratulations, Game of Thrones. Yeah, you're in the 2017 Sif Pop TV Show of the Year. Oh, uh. it's great. There you go. Put it on a plaque. Put it on the wall. Yeah. We bend the knee to you. Yeah. Our popping knees. <laughs> Our popping knees. Uh, before we finish up, let's do a quick uh, buried treasure. Okay. What do you got? <laughs> I have fallen into the pit of the great bit British baking show. <laughs> <laughs> Danae will be so happy. Yeah. Most uh, emeritus Danae will love you. Uh, I guess it has two titles, the great British baking show or the great british bake off Mm -hmm. it goes by both titles man i love that show i started watching it whenever i got sick i'm like you know what? i just need something to binge yeah and it's unlike any other cooking show because i do watch master chef and i do watch uh, all those cooking shows but it's so different because in those shows are like you have 30 minutes to make a five-star meal. And, you know, some right, people yeah, yeah, rushing yeah. around. Like challenges. Whenever and... I watch this, like, you have five hours to make a donut. <laughs> and it's just people like, okay. And they're just so calm and relaxed. And you're like, oh, poo. My dough didn't rise. I better make another. And they're like, you know, there's no, you know, it's just so calming. Yeah. And you love these people because they're just... Either there are really old British ladies like Mrs. Doubtfire, or they're like weird construction worker guys. Who are like I got into biking because my mom did, and she was the greatest biker of all time. And I just want to do this for her. And you're like, yeah, you do. I love you, buddy. You go. You make yourself. A That's great- what I understand. It's you. You really connect to these people as human beings, and so there's a lot of empathy there. Yeah. No, it's, it sounds wonderful. I'll yeah. have to check it out. I'm hooked. Dang it. <laughs> nice. Begrudgingly. Uh, my buried treasure is The Defenders. Uh, I think it's... Really? Yeah. I was let down. Uh, I'm not saying that I won't be let down. I'm only five. There's eight, right? Yeah. I'm five. Done, I'm done with five. Okay. I must have a thing for team-ups. I just... There's some... Whenever they're fighting together and stuff, I'm just like, yes! <laughs> That's Jessica Jones fighting with Daredevil! Yeah. Um... Yeah, and I, I, I think I, I'm buying into you know Sigourney Weaver, I, yeah. you know, like the whole hand thing. So I, that's what I was afraid of. Number one, I was afraid uh, of Iron Fist. I still hate Danny Rand. I still yeah. hate him. He's oh, he's so annoying. Did you watch Iron Fist? Yeah. See, yeah. I didn't watch Iron Fist, and I wonder if that's why I don't hate him quite as much because I just know him in the context of these five episodes of The Defenders that okay. I've seen. Well, you so. you got lucky because yeah. <laughs> well, I was told. So many people said you don't want to watch Iron Fist, and I was just like, "Good, because I don't have time." Yeah, he's just as bad in this as he was in his solo show. I was worried. the The one thing I was worried about is Jessica Jones. I didn't understand how she would work in this group because, yeah. I, and also because I loved her series. Yeah, um, so much that had to do with the villain, uh, with David Tennant mm-hmm. um, playing oh, Kilgrave. Kilgrave. Uh, and so I was kind of worried about that, and I've really enjoyed her in the Defenders. I think she, you know, fits very well with those guys and kind of what they're doing. I like how they brought them together. It didn't feel extremely forced to me. Uh, and I, again, I'm just a sucker for a team up. So uh, now we'll see where it goes. I'm not saying I won't be let down like you are. There is certainly part of that, but I'm just I'm on board for team ups. I'll say this: I thought the show was good. It could have been way better. That's what I mean to say. Yeah, yeah. By let down because you know whenever you have 
these big team ups. I think if you look at like the defense or the Avengers, like you, all of those movies were good, but then the Avengers came and they did something that had never been done before and they did it well. Yeah. Like very good. Yeah. That maybe I just had a bar set for this. Don't get me wrong. I think that Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock, AKA Daredevil steals this. He is He's so great. good. in He's this. He's really good. His character, uh, performance in this, it just the back and forth between him and stick mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I liked it. It could have been better. That's what, that's what I mean to say. Well, I wanted to bring it up, even you know, just for my buried treasure, even just so we could have a little discussion about it too. Yeah. Uh, I think it's you know certainly something that's on people's minds, and um, I'm enjoying it. I think I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would, but only because people, you know, I people didn't like Iron Fist so much, yeah. and I had started to hear some negative rumblings about the Defenders as well. In fact, that's why I didn't start getting into it till you know several days after it was out. Yeah. Um, but so maybe my lowered expectations are resulting in a, you know, a good watching experience. So, and that happens sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yeah, there you go. Well, we did it, Andrew. Huzzah! We did the TV awards. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today. Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Studio DNA. That's M-I-X-L-R.com slash Studio DNA. Uh, huge thanks to our Patreon supporters who give monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Uh, support starts at $3 a month, comes with some pretty fun perks. And again, it is Give Back Month here for the next few days uh if you would go to patreon.com slash studio dna and give something we can help fight human trafficking together where it is in cambodia uh through our friend bren who's there on the ground investigating these people so again that's patreon.com slash studio dna feel free to give a gift to that cancel next month that's fine we just want to help him out there's a lot of ways to connect with the podcast. You can do it at SoundCloud. You can tweet at us. Uh, you can certainly make comments through um, Apple Music. Or you can email us, feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably enjoy it too. So let them know about it and that listening is easy. In fact, I would say if they don't do the podcast thing, maybe just teach them. Maybe give them a second uh, and just show them, you know, this is how easy it is. It's already right there on your phone. If you're an Android person, you've probably got your app you listen to. Introduce them to it. If you're an Apple person, you know, just show them how iTunes has the podcasts or Apple Music, I should say. Has the I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it iTunes forever, for right? Yeah. <laughs> right, forever. Uh, but you can just show them and let them know how easy it is to check out cool podcasts like this. We'd appreciate it. Uh, no spoiler chat this week because we did the awards, uh, and I think we're planning on coming back next week and maybe doing an update on our summer sum game and giving out some awards for whoever predicted the box office mm. for the summer the best. Clue hint: it's nobody in this room. <laughs> Dang, Andrew and I did not do well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.